0: Hello and welcome to Sobercast, where we provide AA speaker meetings and workshops in podcast format. We're an ad-free podcast, and if you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by visiting Sobercast.com, look for the donate link, and drop a dollar or two into our virtual basket. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. Have a great day. Hi, I'm Stacey B from Seattle, and I am a grateful recovering alcoholic and a grateful member of Al Anon. And, as my sponsor likes to say um, in good standing <laughs> or actually she doesn't mean that referring to me she'll say i 'll ask her a question and she'll say, what would a member what would a member in good standing do so maybe she 's not saying me she's saying something <laughs> um, I had all these notes i had and i thought they and, and I forgot them, which you know you' you should be glad um i've got a i've got to watch though and um I did want to say, I, I do feel um, everything I've heard, everything I hear in the rooms, I always just think everyone, um, this miracle just speaks through us, and everyone is so eloquent, and so when you're speaking the truth, and the heart, and the pain, and the experience, it's just beautiful, and um, one thing I struggle with is comparing, and um, one of the things I learned at one of the definitions of humility, apparently, is not comparing. That's a definition of humility. And then uh, um, I've also heard compare and despair. So um try not to do that. Um, I'm so grateful to be here. I really am. And my sister mentioned before we started coming with my mama. There's my sister. Um, and can I just say, again, I would like you to stand up, little sister. Uh, she's older than me, but um, this is Bonnie, my sister. Because... Um, you know, my story is a lot of her story. We have a few uh, veering off the road, literally and figuratively. But um, um, she's one of my um, spiritual mentors, and um, so this is a lot of it's her too. And um, and Jim and Barbara, thank you for asking me to speak and for being my frannies and my adopted mama. <laughs> um, so. Uh, I kind of want to start with my new problem and how I got back to Alanon and then my original problem. My new problem is um, when I got to the program for you know the first thing that was gonna kill me is that's what, um the advice I got well, I didn't get advice, let's face it. I was intervened on, but that comes later. Um, what's gonna kill you first and, um the The problem for me is that um apparently. You can't keep this, you can't survive, you can't be sober, you can't be sane, you can't do anything unless you can give it away. Like, is Santa here? No, Santa's not here. He went back to the North Pole, but uh, there was this great story earlier about just, you know, you got to give it away to keep it. Well, I didn't know this for a long time, but I, I was really depressed, and, um, you know, eventually I wanted to go back out with one of with my other program, um, Alcoholics Anonymous, and um, if the key is sharing it with others and doing service, and you are not kind of a little bit touched with Al-Anon, but, like, kind of fucked with Al-Anon, like I am, you can't do that. I mean, you can try. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Um... And and so like because I, I well it, my Al-Anon role is I know everything like someone just said do we need chairs I'm like no we're good I don't know I just say stuff <laughs> um I mean maybe we need eight chairs I don't know but I say stuff and and I say it as if this is the law um so and you're not you when you sponsor you're you know you're you're supposed to um, apparently you're also supposed to ask questions I'm still working on that but listen ask questions um. Oh this is a good one. You're not supposed to buy anyone's drama. I don't, I so anyway, you get the picture. I couldn't sponsor I couldn't do the 12th step and it says in there, when all else fails, help another. Well, I you know, I can I can help me another. I tell, you know, I'll dress you, I'll clothe you, I'll take you all around and then I'll get overwhelmed and you can't reach me. I'll have 16 sponsors and I'm like queen of AA, and then, you know, Stacy's having a bad year. We don't know what happened. It it, it just doesn't work. So that's my my recent problem of about 19 years ago. (laughs) So what what I think kind of got me there, um, Sissy and I, is, um, oh, my God, I love my family. And also, I sometimes feel like um, I had so much fun with my family. And when I, um, I just want to just kind of with my heart, um, we all know, people i've met people in the program i i don't know how you tie your shoes you should be no you should be dead i mean i know i should be dead but like i don't think i could live through a good quarter of what i hear in the rooms i really don't and um you know this part of the alana thing it wasn't that bad but it what but it wasn't in some ways but um Oh, in my Al-Anon joke, somebody told this told this to me, but it really is what I'm learning. I'm still learning today. Is um, you know, there's the three the three folks in hell, and one is the priest, and one's a rabbi, and one's an Al-Anon, and they're kind of in the hell lobby. Apparently, there's like a lobby, and um, they're really hot. And um, the the rabbi says, "Jeez, I'm so hot. What did you to the priest? What did you do to get here?" And the priest is like, "Well, I had a little trouble with that." um you know, no dating thing. I have a little trouble with that. How'd you get here? And the rabbi says, oh my gosh, I loves me a pork sandwich. And then they turn to the al and they say, how'd you get here? And she's like, it's not hot and I'm not here. <laughs> um, not my joke, you know, some Brighter, smarter. Everything I say usually comes from someone else, except this part. And that's that's part of the thing. You feel insane, right? You I mean you kind of feel insane, but you learn to be like, it's not hot, and I'm not here. And and it can be scary, you know, f- criminal abuse and stuff. Um, and and uh, and people live through that. Um, so when our parents were, you know, we're from Montana, our parents were. Um, Perfect for each other, um, both alcoholics, and um, and I was telling someone the other night when my mom started Al-Anon, I was one, Bon was two and a half or something, and um, and uh, she found out they're living in married student housing, and you know she gave up her schooling and her whole thing because she's kind of a she's a she was, you know, almost six foot and brilliant and uh, bossy and um. And she, but she gave all that. She's gonna be the wife, and when he go to school, she finds out he hadn't been in school for like a year, because <laughs> he's drinking. And, and so she's like, "I'm gonna go to Al-Anon." So she went with their best girlfriend to Al-Anon um, in Missoula, Montana. And uh, and so she thought they got a sitter, the whole thing. This is it, you know, because that's that's pretty bad. He's not in school. We're broke. I got two kids, and um, and he's a bad one. Um, they go to Al-Anon, which was fine. She and Mary Lou. Um, and then they had, then went out for the drinks. And so, as she tells it, she says, "Then we started going to more meetings a week, because <laughs> they got to sit sitter and go out for drinks after." So uh, you know, the Al-Anon didn't really last at that point. So then they're both drinking, and they got divorced and stuff. When I was one, and Bob was two and a half. You um, we'd go back and forth, and um, uh, so they like to get back together, though, um, to kind of—I think it was—to stay in fighting shape, sort of. Um, so they get back together you kind of never knew if they were married or not everyone thought they were married and um and uh but i think it was um my mom amazing woman um we were on welfare and we moved to helena with mom Bonnie and i and um she uh well, she was a secretary and i can't remember she i don't know why she just thought uh, this this world is a mess and i'm going to uh, i'm going to run for the legislature and um so there we were on food stamps and uh walking around Helena with the dog and knocking on doors and sure enough she became a legislator and um and the lights had never been turned out in the state capitol before. Um this was in nineteen seventy two and she was just like, You're wasting electricity and um but the thing is it's the farmers that are you know usually it's the male farmers back in the day and they're the legislators um, and they have a farm and subsidies the rest of the year my mom didn't have anything so we're you know again uh, just scraping by and um, she got a gig working at a um, a uh, what do you call it fire lookout and so we spent two summers on the fire lookout just running around naked eating berries and we used to bathe in the cow trough <laughs> um, and then one day, uh this guy came to the mountain with a friend and he was from California and he said, "I, you know, Barbara, I've heard you got this part-time thing and they were smoking pot and uh singing eagles and drinking boxed wine as one does." And um and he said, "I got this, I got a way for you to make money and you uh uh be me three grand a trip. You just pretend you're my wife and we'll bring some pot across the border from Mexico." And uh uh, at first, she said no, but it, she said yes, um, and uh, so that uh, she did that a few times, and uh, and then she wrote legislation for medical marijuana in 1972 in Montana, and um, and her opponent had a poster made of her standing at a bus stop handing out uh, marijuana lunches to little kids. So she didn't make it; she didn't win that year. Um, so then we upped the other program. the family business became um, smuggling and uh I mean you know law smuggling um, and uh and so uh so we I was in third grade, I was eight, bond was seven and a half, and um we were living with my dad at the time, and oh her her partner. Uh, got a DUI. They barely made it across the border, and he got a DUI, and all this is a camper, and all this marijuana is in the hood. So he got the kibosh, and my mom had to find another um, partner. So my ex husband who I hate and love, <laughs> you know, he'll be good. Um, and so, as they tell it, you know, in later years, we're like, So what were you thinking? <laughs> and my mom, they were both like, Well, you know, we didn't have childcare. Um, and so we became um so when I yeah, eight and seven and a half and it's kinda interesting now when you have kids, you're like, that's quite small, you know? <laughs> like you're you're out of diapers, but you know. Um and uh and we we knew and we called it family secret. Um and so third, fifth and sixth grade, um we did these trips to Mexico and, and you know, the alcoholic family, it's like my dad loved to have a surprise. So it would be It'll be like two days before. Now, when you go into school today, drop by the principal and tell him you're going to be gone for a couple months. <gasps> oh, where we go? Oh, we're going to go to Mexico for family business. Oh, yay! You know, you do i mean, it's fun. Um, and uh, bring a nice outfit because um, you know, you got your flip-flops and all your stuff. But uh, there's this whole um thing which we knew which. You know, you feel, and this is the thing, you, you know, when you're in that family, um, this is what you do. You don't go to, you know, you know what, that's, I'm going to go ask the neighbors. Do they do that? No, you don't go ask the neighbors. You don't ask anybody. Um, and so, uh, um, but they did tell us, um, because Mr. Wonderful, who was um, the kingpin, uh, Jerry, Jerry Wills um, out of L.A., he had, you know, a very practiced program, and so you had to, um, you know, go down. Uh, we'd drive, fly to L.A., uh, get a camper from him, and um, drive to Oaxaca, or you know, uh, which was now uh, that was hot. <laughs> we would be up on the little bed, um, you know, just looking. And um, then when we they'd fill the camper at night and uh, return it. And then we would know it was, you know, you'd know it was in there. And Bonnie and I are back there kind of dying with the fumes. And um, then you'd stop at uh, close to the border Ensenada or something and then wash the camper uh and then throw dirt at it, which was confusing. So we asked him why wa- we had to wash the wheels and stuff. And then he'd go around throwing dirt at it. We're like, Because you can't have the red sand from further down south. And mom was scraping the sticker off, because you can't have that you were there that long. You just went down. Then Jerry, Mr. Wonderful, would drive down in Cadillac or whatever and give us Twinkies, the daily paper from the day before from San Diego. And uh, we dressed up all cute, not like we had been in Mexico for a while. Um, so uh, you kind of get the idea of just uh make believe and also perfect setup for the other diseases you just um invincible you know invincible just like because it cause it worked you know um each time and there were definitely mishaps i mean you know they had a rule no smoking on the road but um they fudged with that a little and dad took us like off the high sierras into a ditch i thought we thought we were going to die you know, and we're yelling, and he was in a blackout, and we're up in the top of the camper, seeing the cliff, and then back, and um, uh, and then one night, I think it was on the third trip, and we were nine or ten or something. There was a, um, we got stopped in. A, you're not supposed to drive at night, but you got to make time if you got a load. You don't want to take your time, and um, we were stopped. Bon and I were asleep in the top, and. Um, we were woken up with uh, federales and AK-47s under the bed, searching, um, and we could hear our parents out in the the desert. And and you know we we got through that one too. Um, so that's kind of how the early the early life. And I was thinking the other day, um, I'm a chronic uh, thumb sucker, and I have how many years? Um, <laughs> A few years, but I th- I suck my thumb until eighteen, and I never made the connection that um, just that security and they put like hot stuff on it or whatever and um and uh you know then as soon as that came out, the alcohol would go in at twelve um, I think I was twelve and you were thirteen and um, uh, blackout immediately, which was great it didn't cause me any but you kind of assess yourself for injuries you know broken toe and the scar there and whatever um so I guess the, the Al-Anon thing um, that really, you don't know, you know, it the, the trauma, um, make-believe, not being in reality, being in fantasy, um, being in that uh, closed loop where you don't have outside input, um, it's very isolated. And then also this enmeshment, that's the thing that really brought me to my knees, like, you know, when I first came to al it was like, you know what, I don't even want to go because nobody is going to understand how much I love my dad. I love him. the best. Um, and it's killing me. Nobody's going to understand that. It doesn't make sense, you know. It just doesn't make sense. Um, uh, so then, you know, started drinking alcoholically and... Um, and, and then we continued, you know, then it started to be, I don't know at what point you take over, I've struggled with this responsibility where you could say no or whatever you're supposed to say, but that didn't come for years and years. Um, and um, in high school, you know, you get a call, or you get a, I got a call one time in school that would bring me a note to the office and, and it said, I need you in Vegas tonight, you know, and I'm in Kalispell, Montana, because um, he needs help driving the load and he's tired. Um... And uh and then I think one of the last um we were in high school and um he had a deal out of Jamaica or something and so he'd say, oh we're gonna drive to uh Georgia and um which we did. We drove to Georgia in this little truck, but then uh they rented a big Cadillac with some kind of I don't know, some kind of special converter that you can't tell it's heavy or something and massive trunk and and I think Bonnie had a driver's permit. I didn't have a license. But, you know, they filled that baby up and she and I got to drive it home. Um, and of course, if you know Bonnie, you know she speeds. Um, so <laughs> we got pulled over. I don't know what state that was. Some state between Georgia and Montana. And, uh, And it was one of those first little, um, what were you talking about, defining moments? It was one of those first little things that was like, uh, we're pulled over. We're like, on the one hand, we're invincible. On the other hand, (laughs) this isn't good. Um, And our parents drove by in their truck. You know, in retrospect, it would not have been helpful to stop, probably, while you're driving separate. Why do you have large trunks? But um, it was that—it was that weird. Like that's you know that's not very nice. <laughs> so that was a little bit you know we you know and then you're like well it's not hot and I'm not here you know it's like and unfortunately you know it's one of the things too you know as I have kids and I have a daughter who's a, an addict and. Um, you do kind of I get now where you pray for, you know, a, a little early juvie time would have hit the spot. You know, like, you know, you want to have you want to have the intervention as early as possible and there's nothing wrong with a little jail time. Um, and it is that kind of actually not great, you know, you keep getting away, you keep getting away and then you 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 know, the reality is just kind of turned. Um, and I think but I think the hardest part our parents are you know, very very loving and um you know it was always like I, we adore you, we love you, we adore you, everything is for you um, but um, when they would fight um and and they and they did, and my mom had an affinity for um what, what do you call them power tools <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> we're so she's sand in the floor when we lived in Missoula, and um you know that Sander was going to go after Dad, you know. There are big divots in the floor because she's pissed. You know, and then, uh, God damn it, Charlie. You know, and she's, um, but, you know, she didn't get him. But you're scared to death, and that's where, you know, it's like, wow, you know, and you don't have that outside. Um, and again, the reality check, uh, and you build that tolerance. And here's the thing. I kind of in reading about you sort of go back and try to figure out what happened. Is this like... Um, Numbness, that kind of numbness, that you thank God, you know, to get through. And um, we ate m- more than our share of donuts, you know. Um, you know the donuts, the th- the thumb, the numbness, um, early sex, um, p- hopefully with an alcoholic, um, hopefully during a blackout, you know. Um, all those things, the numbness and then recreating the... And also an addiction to excitement. That's a hard one. Um, and then we moved to Lakeside and they got together again and, and she had a chainsaw at one point and went after him and cut the car and stuff. Um, so that's... Uh, oh, gosh. You know, I, I'll because I want to finish what it was like. It did escalate um, to... Uh, I mean, like one night he was, he was high on coke and Bonnie was gone. And he, um, he said, we called them the men with shiny shoes. They were coming. We didn't know when, but someday they were coming. And he said they were out back and it had snowed. And he kept sending me out. I'd never seen him. He was like shaking on my floor. And uh, he was hitting his bottom with coke. And he was like, they're out there. They're out there. So what do you do? You send me out there. And I, uh, and it's like, I come in. I'm like, they're not out there. They're out there. They're out there. Go check again. Okay, you know, um, go out again. They're not, you know, um, and it was that excitement and the love too. Of, um, and, but then it became in the end. We were really worried. Um, I can't remember. I was. Uh, I went to, went to school. Um, she left me and went to school. I, I do want to say the first time my my parents lived. You know, it's all her fault. You still have my shirt on too. Um, we the first time we separated. My mom. Said, it was the first time we separated, so I always had my sister. Uh, and, and she said, why are you coming with me for some reason the last time she moved out? And I said, okay. I kind of did the hero thing. Um, Missy over here, she'd go under her bed and read Anne of Green Gables. <laughs> but, you know, both equally painful. And so I said, I'll go. And um, that's when I, uh, next thing I knew, I ate a, a box of donuts, went out in the woods and threw up. Yeah, I don't want to gross anyone out, but it's like now I see. Well, they took you took my sister. She was my higher power, you know. Um, and uh, so we went to. Um, I guess where, where this you know the smuggling went to is that uh, that it began. It got really big, and um, and they were doing shipments out of Thailand and all this stuff. And um, I got this little little scholarship to go to Oxford to study, of course, comparative law, and. Um, so we didn't have the money, and so my dad calls Mr. Wonderful and says, "We just, just take, you know, take about three hundred grand in your dress, and I'll pay for the comparative law." Oh, good. Okay, that works. Um, and so Bonnie, Bonnie, uh, we learned how to fill up our jumpsuit um, with. It was really uncomfortable having these guys put all this money in our jumpsuit and our dresses, and um, you know, quarter million, three hundred grand. Um, and Bonnie went first. And went to Amsterdam to wait for me, and um, and I went uh, a couple days later. And um, Jerry, Mr. Wonderful, said, "You know, and it, it's not illegal. You can take money, you know." And then he says, "But here's my attorney's card." <laughs> I'm like, okay, uh, but and people will say, like, "Well, how did you didn't know? How did you not know? Because what well, we were like 19 or something then." Well, I, because it's not hot, and I'm not here. It's like he says it's okay. My dad says it's okay. I'm just going to further my education, um, but he also said that there would be no stop off for my plane. It was supposed to be straight to Amsterdam. And when we when we landed at Gatwick, I was like, ah. "Oh!" And he said, "No." He said we would land in London, but that I would be in the same little terminal. I wouldn't have to go through security. And when you've got you know a quarter million dollars on your, it's a lot, and it pokes and it's hot, so you. You have a purse that has to be specifically a really nice leather purse. You go in the bathroom and, you know, occupy the bathroom for like a half hour getting the money out, and you sleep with the purse, and then before you land, you go back in, you get it all in, and you wear a dress that kind of like that. So I kept the money on, and I got off at Gatwick, and I'm like uh, walking up the thing, and then I see all the security and and everybody's going through the thing, and I'm like, holy crap, and uh, I just did what we do. I'm a super good liar, and I just, um, I ran back down the plane, I said I lost an earring or something, and I thought, you know, but when I came up, you know, it was empty, except for there were a lot more guards, (laughs) and, uh, you know, like, that's not normal, I guess, to run back on the plane and go to the bathroom for a half hour, Um, and, uh, So they took me in and um, had me lift up my dress, and and there I just had all this money on me. And um, again, you know, they let me go. Why? Well, it turns out they like cash coming into the country, Um, but also we were being watched already, so... You know, it, I I don't know what happened. I just know that I went into that place. You know, some people talk about uh, what do you go, or what do you call that dis, that thing. Yeah, kind of like whatever. You know, and I, and they're like, what's up? I like to shop. He says. Um, so uh, and I got to Bonnie, and um, you know, the person taking the money from us was this, you know. Fugitive, um, and he was hitting on Bonnie, and he was about 89, and um, and uh, then she went and dropped me off at Oxford, and uh, and you know, I drank my ass off, I puked my guts out, I um, we took a tour one day to Cambridge on a bus, and I didn't get back on, everyone else did. I slept in a box in a doorway, um, uh, and that's that thing about. I hate myself. I am bad to the core. I am bad. I'm pretending it's okay, but at that point, long before, I knew I was bad. We were just bad people. But you love your family, and um, and that, so the last deal was um, my dad went to um, Singapore. He was really broke, and, uh, and this um, kingpin said, I need you in Singapore. And um, he was gone for three or four months, I think four months. And we were ski instructors, too. Um, we were in Jackson Hall skiing because, you know, you don't care if you die. So we were good skiers. <laughs> so um, we got a call in the middle of the night one night, and he said, um, it's going to be okay. And he had no money to come home, and we were really sad and worried. It's going to be okay. You can, Jerry says, you can come see me. I can't come see you. So again, we did the whole money thing. And um, at that point, I was uh, I was like 2'10 or something. Uh, I was super gray and bloated. My eyes were dead. Bond didn't look so hot either. I won't go into it. Um, and when we came off of that plane in Singapore, and saw the, in the airport, it said, you know, drug smugglers will be shot. And you can't throw your gum down there you literally cannot put gum on the sidewalk um and after that um you know we went we went home he eventually came home and um the, and the shipment it was 32 tons of thailand thai marijuana came into your great city of vancouver you're welcome um it got busted so don't hate us but um uh i wanted to die you know we wanted to die and um and and uh I got to go faster. So, um, we, Mike's, our cousin was um, left a treatment center in San Francisco and tried to kill himself several times. And, um, and uh, they called me. My family called and said, "Come down. We're gonna help rescue Brett." And I thought, "Great," because I got my shit together, even though I want to die. And then we told them to go back to treatment. And um, this is, so we're all in the hotel, and my dad, and my sister, and I. And then they turn around, and I'm getting ready for bed, and I'm like, "What? What are you looking at?" And then they did an intervention on me, fuckers. Um, And the thing about addiction is uh, I don't think you could be more enmeshed. Like, I would almost, you know, I would do anything for my sister and my mom and my dad. um, But in that moment, I thought, fine, you're dead to me. I just went to bed, and I was like, don't ever talk to me again. My flight's at such and such a time. And I just got it and I was like, you're dead to me, because that's how you choose. So um, I did get sober, and um, by the grace of God, and, you know, and, and I went to OA like I told you before, but um, after how many years in the room? I think it was about 12 years, and um, I, I just, what I do is I love people. I mean real I'm not I just want to eat people up and sometimes there's one gal in my AA group you guys know who she is and one day she goes could you please not touch me <sighs> And I said I don't t- do I touch you and she goes all the time because I you know um, and also I don't have boundaries but um I just <laughs> uh, but I don't know I don't know from loving you until it kills me okay thank you honey To to uh, taking care of myself, you know, and and one of the things in in um, anon is I will give myself away to you if you will give yourself away to me, deal? You know, to to the depths of hell, you know, um, and uh, so taking care of myself. Well, then you hate yourself, but you're supposed to take care of yourself, um, and then you're supposed to sponsor to, um, you know, to connect with, reconnect with your miracle. Um, and, and like I said before, I would sponsor and, um, you know, and then we attract people. And I don't know how to say no. I didn't know you could have a certain number of sponsees. I just didn't, you know. And then I would, um, often for me, I would relapse with my eating disorder. Um, and also, P.S., I had not done my amends. And um, and this guy took me to lunch one day, and he said, "What's the deal with your amends?" Um, And that was the same time, year twelve. And so um, I got um, a sponsor that was um, for me. I was lucky. Um, She was A.A. and Al-Anon, and um, and I I have no trouble telling. I'll tell this lady at 7-Eleven, you know, like, "Yeah, I'm a felon," and I, you know, and the people are behind me, like, "Can you hurry up, lady?" Um, I don't mind all that, but I would never. It's all about the ninth step for me. At, you know, four through eight, four through eight, four through eight. The ninth step. I mean, that's when that's when I felt like I changed. Um, and, and what I, thank God she was sent to me. She took me through the big book in Al-Anon very kinda old-school, this is exactly how you do it, and she had all these rules. Um, You know, don't buy into their drama. My first sponsee was on house arrest, she was eight months pregnant and she needed the book, and I'm like, can I buy it? No, you can't buy her the book, she'll figure out a way to get it. I mean, she, you know, and lo and behold, she figured out how to get it. I've had lots of sponsees, they can't seem to find the book, and then it's like, well, (laughs) you know, call me when you do. So that, and also they come to you, that was huge. You don't like, oh, you know, and you don't change the day. It's like we meet at Tuesday, you have an hour and 15 minutes, the first 15, you check in, then we do the book, and you come to me, and you know, you know, the hardest one, she's like, and I know you, don't make them tea. Like, what do you mean don't make them tea? It could be the dead of winter. Don't make them tea. Don't make, if they need a drink, bring it themselves. I mean, this to me is like, ah, I mean I just, you know, it, it was really but what it did is it freed me up to um I could sponsor, I had the boundaries, I sponsored two people. And and sometimes people will start to think, Oh, you have my answer. You know. This one girl's like, I love your car, your husband's cute, I need you to sponsor me. I'm <laughs> like I'm like, Well, he's for rent, so but the car, um but like you know it's it's the same answer it's not the person and and she taught me you can't you it takes a couple of years and then they're like friends for life like my little loveys Lisa's not my sponsor but um you know people they become your sisters you know and you want to you need to be able to take them all the way through and do the deal and that takes boundaries and then then I feel better and then you know it goes back and forth and then they sponsor you guys know this but I didn't know it because again I only know how to um one of the things I was taught I know how to neglect myself and I know how to indulge myself but I do not know how to take care of myself It's in here and so I don't I'm not perfect by any stretch but I don't think I go as far here or here Um, and when I neglect myself you know first I want you know a sheet cake and um, what you know and then and that's great I'm glad I have all these diseases because they're like what the hell, Stacy? What's going on? Oh, well, you know, I'll call Barbara and she'll say, well, you know, how many meetings you've been to? Do you need a nap? Um, self-care. I can't I can't be going out left and right. I also can't have a million friends. Um, my, my friend Danny taught me, uh, be careful who you bring into your shell. I mean, like, we're sick people. I'm really sick. I shouldn't be here. Lots of things with my body don't work. Um, but I'm super, I'm healthy and sober and all that today. But I'm, I, I will die uh, if I do some of these things, especially drink. But if I don't practice my Al-Anon program, I, um, will have, I will have trouble with every relationship. And then I will get depressed. And then I will pick up. And that, you know, how it goes. So uh, it turns out I need what, what we call extreme self-care. And it's okay and it's good. And then people see us do that. Um so, you know, I, I lost my train of thought, but she um took me through the steps and um and I think um one of the hardest things was I'm gonna go back a little bit was um you know my um oh yeah, I went to law school. Um so I I got sober um nineteen eighty seven, July eighteenth, and um which was about two months after Singapore. Um so rather than kill myself, I I left Montana. I drove to Seattle to get into treatment. And you know what? There was no room at the inn. And um, they were supposed to take me in, and then there weren't enough people or something, so they didn't have it. And that was a miracle because I people always rescued me, and one of them being my sister. Um, and for me, at that moment, it was good that there wasn't treatment because um, I had to do it. And I really remember thinking, well, damn. I wanted it to be this thing where they all help me, but it was just me, I could pick up, I could do the thing, or I could go to a meeting, which is really, you really got to do the thing if you're going to a meeting. There's no, nobody cares if you come back. I mean, they do care, but it's like you've got to, you know, um, we're powerless, but we're not helpless. And uh so I, I was had that grace and started going to meetings. Um, but meanwhile, this ship had landed in Vancouver, about two hours north. <laughs> and and so my our parents were still doing the smuggling and um, you know finishing it up or whatever. I don't know what you call it. Um, but this shipment got busted. Um, finally, uh, this 32 ton shipment and. Um, and the kingpin and this other guy um, were caught with, you know, $3 million in cash. That was in 87. And, um, and then the, the Royal Mounted Pla- Canadian police um, granted bail, so you can guess what they did. Um, but then we thought, you know, all, all my life, though, we have been waiting for the men with shiny shoes. But that's fine. You know, if your parents didn't smuggle or whatever and you had, you know, what you're still kind of waiting for the men with shiny shoes. You know, like, you're, you, you know you're in trouble all the time. Like, you're bad. You just know that that's how I wake up bad I used to um, but I you know got sober doing the deal and um, had a couple years and I'd always wanted to be an attorney and um, so I went to law school and you know in San Francisco and it was amazing and um, I started a, a, the first group in the law school and we called it the Beyond a Reasonable Doubt group <laughs> and um, you know what like five people came and, um, and they were it wasn't it wasn't you guys um it was like it was hard they they kept making me put a piece of paper in the only window they didn't they really they didn't want anyone to find out you know it was really hard and so it, it lasted a year or so and that kind of um and then uh there was um at the right at the five year statute of limitations um an indictment issued um and our dad was indicted along with these like 10 people around the country and um and I thought I was gonna die. It's really weird, it's like um, when you love your person, if it's your kid or your husband, and they're dying, it feels like I'm dying, I mean, you know, I don't know why I have to, you're nodding, yeah, it feels like I'm dying, like a like a slow, torturous death, and I, I, I want to die if it will save them, that's what it feels like, I wanna die if it'll save you, and so, um, I started cutting myself when he was indicted, and um, in December of '92 or '91, and, um, and my dad went um, and, and uh, turned himself in, and, um, and then he, he said they wanted him to wear a wire, and he was like, "No fucking way!" And, um, but he said, "I will tell you everything I know if you promise not to touch my daughters." And I mean, this was a big operation, and we did our couple little things not to minimize. Um, but the the ag they said okay and um, so then um, I went to treatment because I was cutting myself and and then an indictment issued for Bonnie and I right after this this uh, federal prosecutor promised that he would and Bonnie went to jail and that's uh, her story um, which just killed me too and um, the thing about the night step when I was in treatment in February I didn't know I, there was a warrant out for my arrest but. Uh, I was working with a priest and um, to go through the nights, all the steps, and I said, I think why I'm five years, I was five years sober, I said, I think why I'm cutting myself and I want to die at five years sober because I haven't done my amends and I've done this thing. I didn't know I had been indicted. And I said, "I." it says in the book uh, that thing about we'll do whatever we have to do because it doesn't, you know, you can't live free unless you, you know, free yourself whether it's a crime or whatever. And he said, um, he said you know I don't I think that's a bit much I don't think he said it like that but he said you know I, you don't need to do that you know that was what I, and I don't know if somebody was signing a warrant or whatever but it was within three days or so of you know 29 years that um, the powers that be were saying no you do need to face this this is you this is and it'll be okay it'll it'll be okay and and um, you know we, we it was scary and um but but we did know it would be I mean there you know we had the program um and uh and that's how i, I moved in with my husband because there was a worn out for my arrest, <laughs> so I met him in law school and um I'd known him six months, and he visited me in treatment, which is where I met my parents, and then I moved in with him because it wasn't safe to go back to my law school apartment um and then I was convicted of the felony, and so was my sister. And um, and I thought, well, here, this is not good. I owe, like, 100 grand for law school. I'm five years sober, and I'm never going to get to practice law. And my dad's in prison, and my sister has PTSD because they flew around on Conair in the night. Um, and I knew, and you people told me, my sponsors, it's going to be it's going to be okay, and, and I knew, you, you just kind of know that, you know? Like, you know, when you go to a meeting, and there's a woman in there who, there's a woman in our home group who's, her kid um, is living on the avenue. she You know, the kid's shooting up, and the mom, the mom has such a great program. She will meet her at Safeway and buy her food, but she will not give her money, and she will not let her come live in her big, huge house. I mean, that's just, um, that's just God. How can you do, you know, uh, because they say my kind of love kills. Stacey's brand of love kills. Um, and, uh, you know, still when I, I did, I did appeal for four years to two Supreme Courts and, um And the program, you know, um, Montana didn't understand. They said, you will never be moral. You have no moral turpitude. And P.S., this guy, was all men on the committee. And they're like, can you explain bulimia? And I was like, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? I said, well, you get a bag of groceries and you eat them all. And what does that have to do with law? You know, but um, they said, yeah, you're not, um, you have no morality. Um, You're five years old, it doesn't matter. Washington, Washington. they They have a good program there, and they said, "You know, anyway, it took months in committees and went to the supreme court and and uh and they let me take the bar exam and apparently, I was the first person to take the bar exam while I was still on probation as a felon and uh and you know uh, it did end up you know, I spent twenty some years um defending uh people exactly like us and like you, <laughs> you know, and um they just come to me." And they know, and I meet all these DUI attorneys. They judge the shit. They know if you're judging them. It's like, well, yeah, I got my DUI, my first night of sober drinking. So I get it. You know, um, they're either ready, they're not ready. We have drug court, or they're not ready. You know, all that stuff. But um, so, so current day, um, I, I'll wrap up with, um, you know, I, I have this, I have this husband. Oh my God, he's flying in, in a couple hours. He's so cute. Um, I sold him as law school books, and I told my friend, "I said I'm gonna pick out three guys that I like." She's like, "Whatever." And I said, "And I said he's one." There were five, five hundred in the new class. I was his third year, and his first year. I said, "He's one." That guy, I like him. And uh, and he's my husband today, twenty one, two years la- later. And um, we have the most amazing kids. And um, Uh, I I just, this Al-Anon disease is my hardest, hardest thing um, because, you know, my dad uh, makes really sad choices, you know, um, and it's hard to watch. Um, Our mom died sober, which was, you know, mama, I will never, and she got sober first, and boy, we hated her. She was just totally upset in the whole lifeboat situation, but, um, um and having a daughter, um, she's uh, a type one diabetic and has celiac disease, and she's done some cutting, and she's depressed and stuff. And um, I've had nights where, and she's she's mean as a little rat. Holy crap, she's really scary. And um, you know, but it's and and I knew right away she's powerless. She's being a bitch because she's powerless. Um, you know, not like every time right away, but mostly I knew that because I would get to my meeting because I, I want to fix her and I want to give her advice and tell her stuff and like um, and then she has an eating disorder and I want to say to her every day, she eats like a jar of peanut butter a day and every day I want to say, do you know how many fucking calories is in peanut butter? <laughs> but I have not said that yet. Um, and she's getting better and uh, sometimes she asks me to sleep with her, And um, but I, but you guys taught me when I thought she was going to, I thought, you know, she wanted to kill herself and she's cutting and she's put holes in the wall and stuff. And I knew right away, she was like this big and my son is like a normie and she was sweeping. I didn't ask her to. And I, in the kitchen, I swear to God, I turned around and she had lifted the rug up and she was, she put it under there. I mean, she could barely hold a broom. If that's not genetic, I don't know. Swear to God, my son wouldn't even know how to lie. He's like his dad. So, um, but I, I, get, I'd get on the, on my knees on the stairs. We have a stairway. I, I, I'm, I'm scared of her. I have what they call a pre-TSD, which is I'm scared of her. <laughs> you know, that's the walking on eggshells. It's pre-TSD. I know you're gonna, but I, but you tell me I'm supposed to have a boundary to save her. But I'm scared of her, and also, if she doesn't like me, then for sure she's going to get sicker. No, it's the other way around. Um, I need to. I want you to live, and that's going to mean you might not like me for 20 years. Oh! I pray on the stairs, and sometimes twice. There's only one flight. But um, and and you know what? It's gotten better. And I'll close with this. This gal at a meeting. I don't even know if she was real, but there's a piece of paper, so somebody put this piece of paper down. But um I was sharing something about my daughter. It was just a meeting, and I went back to my seat. And well, this little angel had written this thing, and it's just perfect. Um I know it's in here, but it's probably not. Anyway, it's like um you know, it just said, uh, "God, please hold, you know, all the perfect words." A little um I am giving you my daughter, my husband, my dad, even if they're deceased. God, I'm I'm giving you this person. Please love them. Help them soar. Help them have their feelings. Help them get through what they're getting through. You know, comfort them. Help me take care of myself. And help me know that you've got the best intentions. You know, that, that... that you've got it you've got it and I don't have to do it I didn't cause it I can't control it I can't change it cure it but that last C you don't hear it every meeting and that last C is my work but I can contribute I can contribute and God help me I do not want to contribute to the death of my little girl she may die, and they say that too. sometimes our loved one has to die to get well. You know, our cousin killed herself; she had sixteen years. Uh, my friend got sober, but then he last year he uh huffed dust cleaner fifty year old uh attorney friend, and he died i go to we go to law funerals, right? um sometimes we have to die to be to get it, but um don't help me don't let me contribute. Please don't let me contribute. So I I go to my next meeting, and um, I'm glad I'm sick as I am because uh, I I really am. So there's not a lot resting on my laurels, but it doesn't feel like work. I really like it. I love my meetings. I'm like, what time is my meeting? And uh, when I get home, friends, people, normally they'll be like, oh, you're in Mexico. Well, we went to this meeting, went to that meeting. And then we did this everywhere we go. Oh, go see Bonnie. Oh, the Malibu meeting and then that meeting and that that's all life is. It's these meetings are awesome. So thank you for my recovery and bless you all.